The United States spends about twice as much on health care compared to other countries its size. Yet American women experience more pregnancy-related deaths than mothers in other developed countries. It's considered a public health crisis, especially among black and brown mothers who data shows are three to four times more likely to die than white women, either during pregnancy, at delivery, or soon after. These women could be your neighbors, friends, or loved ones. So we should all be asking ourselves, what's happening and why? There is a lot of data that shows it is not all about access and it is not all about education or awareness. A white woman who's a high school dropout has a lower chance of dying during pregnancy than a professional African-American woman with a doctorate degree, okay? So it is not about a lack of educating yourself or going to the doctor. There are factors beyond that. That's Dr. Pam Oliver, Novant Health Executive Vice President and President of Novant Health Physician Network. And you're listening to Novant Health Healthy Headlines. I'm your host, Gina DiPietro. Listen as Dr. Oliver explains the complexities of the black maternal health crisis, her take on social responsibility, how she's advocating for change, and why she said the U.S. must act now with broad solutions to have a chance at changing the direction for future generations of black women. Thank you for listening. Before we dive into your efforts to advance policy solutions and ultimately save lives, is there a reason this hits home for you? Well, I appreciate the opportunity to share this. You know, first I'd say I've committed my career to taking care of women, of all women. And the idea that whether it's through inaction or practices maybe that have been ingrained into the way we're trained and practice medicine, that are leading to worse outcomes for Black women, it's disheartening. And so it really starts there. But I'd say beyond that, you know, I'm a Black woman who was born and raised in a rural part of North Carolina. So when you look at it from a personal standpoint, you know, I'm deeply invested in making sure that we find solutions and move those forward to help women from my hometown or throughout the state who may either be dying at higher rates or have that risk of dying at higher rates than other women in the state. So it is personal for me because I think about the generations of women that have come before me and the generations that are coming after me. And I don't want this to be the legacy that we leave for them. What are some of the maternal health challenges that are specifically facing mothers in smaller communities? Well, there are several, and I would say to start with, access is a problem in many of our rural communities. And it's either access to local obstetricians and gynecologists who can take care of a woman throughout her pregnancy, or access to a facility, a hospital or a birthing center where a woman can deliver safely, regardless of whether she has a healthy, normal pregnancy or a complicated pregnancy. And in Novant Health, we have been very intentional about attempting to make sure that we provide local care in obstetrics and gynecology, but there are big gaps even between our markets where women may have to drive over an hour to get care. And even with 
beyond the basic routine OB care when it comes to high-risk pregnancies. And we know that black and brown women have a higher rate of a high-risk pregnancy. There is even less access to the high-risk pregnancy specialists. So a woman who lives in a rural community who has to get off work and risk being fired, depending on her employer, to drive on a regular basis, long distances to get care, to take care of herself and her pregnancy. Those are difficult choices. And that is something that I think gets in the way of women who very much want to have a healthy pregnancy, but may have those challenges. And although telehealth is a solution and one that we're exploring both to bring routine care and those high-risk consults to women in rural areas, you know, we have really seen, especially during the pandemic, that even if we can deliver the service, there is not always consistent broadband access and access to technology to allow those women to truly receive the care in that way. So our solutions definitely have to be complex and multifaceted for us to really tackle this. Location aside, what other factors have contributed to these disparities in maternal health? What kind of led us up to this point? It was very interesting that there is a lot of data that shows it is not all about access and it is not all about education or awareness. There are factors beyond that. And we also know that African women who migrate to this country do not have the same rates of maternal mortality until the following generations. So once they're here for a period of time, their risk of increased maternal and infant mortality rise. And so there is something that we all know about the systemic biases, the racism, institutional practices of this country that are damaging Black women and their chances at health and healthy pregnancies. So not to get too complicated with it, but there is a lot of research around what we call the weathering effect of racism. And it shows that there are genetic changes in the DNA for black and brown people who experience high levels of racism. And we know that that plays out in adverse health outcomes. So that makes it even more complicated because it says we have to act now if we're going to have a chance at changing the direction for one to two generations out. It's complicated, but it also then says we cannot waste time and we have to take this seriously and we cannot do it completely just in healthcare. This has to be broad solutions if we're going to tackle this. It's really disheartening. And I'm curious if COVID maybe even further exacerbated the issues around this. We've said from the very beginning, COVID definitely shown a light, which was good on disparities, made some who probably didn't pay attention to health disparities before maybe start to look into it, got a lot of, I would say, media attention, which can be good. But what also happened during COVID is the difficulties with access for periods of time, the fear of hospitals led some women not to seek care that they needed. And also, as we think about generational changes, the loss in educational attainment for youth from underserved backgrounds who during those months were not able to go to school in person and maybe didn't have the resources and support to truly keep up with virtual school, it's going to be devastating for generations to come, as well as the economic losses, I would say, during the pandemic that have not played out equally across all parts of our communities. 
you know, further provided stress on a population that was already, you know, in need of some relief from all that. So yes, I definitely think it has set us back. I'm curious to get your thoughts on research, which has shown that patients are more comfortable around medical professionals that they can relate to. As a black female who works with a lot of mothers from probably all races and backgrounds and socioeconomic statuses, how important do you think representation in maternal health care is when it comes to address those widening disparities, especially among black mothers? We have to pay attention to that, but it's about choice. Everyone needs something different, whether it's women feeling more comfortable with certain female providers, depending on the specialty, or whether it's non-English speakers feeling more comfortable with those who speak their language. We see this throughout medicine and it's natural. And so what we have seen in the data is that there can be differences in outcomes based on the race of the provider, especially in the OB world, whether it's maternal mortality reduced or even infant mortality being reduced when the race of the baby matches the race of the provider. When I think about that, I mean, just personally, I've had many experiences with women who were very happy to have someone who they felt understood them. And the important thing here is to see them and to listen to them and to take their issues seriously. That doesn't require race be the same. It really requires a respect for every woman listening and taking their issues seriously. So the one thing that we hear consistently from black women is they don't feel seen and heard. They feel their issues are pushed to the side when they're having pain, when they are worried about their blood pressure, they are either seen as drug seekers or just put off and not evaluated in the same way. And I wish I could say that the literature says that that's anecdotal, but we actually do see differences in the aggressiveness and the treatment of people in medicine based on the color of the patient. And so it's something we have to address. And I think it gets back to, it won't always work, but I think people feel that if you look like me, then you understand me and you're gonna respect me and that that gives them a greater trust. And we know that when patients trust, that they're more likely to follow your recommendations. They're more likely to come you know, to their visits and to do what you actually tell them they need to do and follow up on any appointments. And that's how you get outcomes that you want. So it is important in the end. We can hire as many people as we can, but we need more black and brown physicians and APPs trained. So we need the pipeline to be widened so that we can actually provide a community of physicians and APPs that looks like the communities that we serve. You've used your position as an executive vice president and practicing OBGYN to bring visibility to the Black maternal health crisis. And you were invited to attend the State of the Union as a guest of Congresswoman Alma Adams. Tell me what that experience was like. The year that I attended, there was a large focus around healthcare in general and had the opportunity to speak with Congresswoman Adams and others around the issues that we face and the work that we were doing. It was really great to see 
how many people were there sharing stories. I learned from others who were also attending. So it really opened my eyes, but it also opened the door to having more conversations with Congresswoman Adams and others around key issues like Black maternal health. Since then, I've had the opportunity from an advocacy standpoint to speak directly with a few members of Congress about this, to participate in panels of physicians and advocates from around the country. So it truly has been my privilege. And I think to whom much is given, much is expected. And I feel that my role at Novant Health as an executive vice president allows me to have a platform and access that I shouldn't take for granted. And so it's my pleasure actually to be able to do this for the women, not just that we serve at Novant Health, but throughout the state and country. I've heard thought leaders talk about businesses, be it healthcare or outside of that, having not just an opportunity, but an obligation to make their communities a better place to live. Essentially not being in business just for profit, but existing to also serve their customers and communities. It sounds like you would agree with that thinking based on your answer to that last question. I completely agree with that. The social responsibility is as important as financial well-being for any business and their employees, their team members are members of the community. So if you have a business that actually employs a large number of people in the community, they should be invested in the health and well-being of their team. And that means they have to care what the environment is around them, access to health care, we think about the micro and macroeconomics of any community. That is not just like setting up clinics. It is the businesses there being invested in advocating for city and county councilmen or mayors to take approaches to reduce bias and racism, which is huge because you realize that most do not have a background in medicine and they need those of us who provide care day to day to help them understand what's happening real time and to help them build out the best legislation and policy that they can. That makes a lot of sense. Someone can't push for change if they don't understand that an issue exists or how it's sort of resonating in their communities. Exactly, and there are so many different viewpoints on any given issue. You know, they hear strongly from the insurance industry. They hear from the pharmaceutical industry. But it's important that both physicians and health systems that are solving this on behalf of our communities, and even as a patient myself, that I can advocate for numerous stakeholders, I would say. You've been asked to be engaged in raising awareness on the Momnibus Act. Explain what that is and how it might move the needle on the disparities that exist. Yes, yeah, so the Momnibus is a collection of several bills that have been supported by various legislators, all to address the Black maternal health crisis in the United States. It's truly remarkable. Each of them addresses the issue from a different perspective, whether it is requiring data collection and reporting, which is important because right now in some parts of the country, we don't even have great data to know what's happening with women from a maternal mortality standpoint. Some of them are to support doulas and midwives or lactation consultants. 
especially those who match the women they are serving. That is important because data has shown that having a doula is one of the things that actually can reduce maternal mortality and morbidity, right? And it's an advocate, a birth advocate that partners with you and your physician during your labor is someone to help you have your voice and make sure your voice is heard all the way through to other solutions to provide funding for programs to support reduction of maternal mortality. So it is really comprehensive. If passed at the federal level, I think could have a significant impact across the country. Some states like California have actually taken legislation and have created their own state legislation to mirror this, which is a huge step forward. And so I really am excited about the potential for what this can do. Have you seen the needle move on this at all in recent years? Or do you think that it will take that Momnibus Act to really see any sort of change around this crisis? I have seen more awareness being brought to this. I've seen more people who are stepping up, who are engaging in this. Even corporations like Goldman Sachs dedicating billions of dollars to help improve outcomes for Black women. Those are huge things. It'll take a long time for us to see the results, and it takes persistence. So there's no one and done. I do think the Bomnibus will be a huge starting point and accelerant for the work, but by no means do I think we're anywhere close to the finish line when it comes to being able to declare victory. Is there any call to action that you'd like me to leave folks with? Is there something that I can do or my neighbor can do? I tell people that Black maternal mortality, like many health inequities and disparities, can be overwhelming when you think about it. And we cannot let that deter us from taking any of the small steps that may help get us there. If you're a clinician or someone who takes care of patients, it is important to pause and reflect and to start challenging ourselves on, are we truly doing the right thing and listening to every patient? And can we train ourselves on implicit bias and recognize our biases in an intentional effort to control them? And for those who are not in healthcare, I think those same awareness around bias, it's important, but regardless of what industry you're in, everyone, you can educate yourselves. You can educate yourselves on what are the issues and you also can do the best you can around making your communities, your workplaces fair and helping us to break down areas where we feel there's institutional bias or racism so that we can continue to make progress. Listen to people, develop relationships, try to seek different perspectives. All those things are important to helping us move forward. Tragically, about 700 U.S. women die each year from pregnancy or delivery complications, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reports. Every pregnancy-related death is devastating, especially since two in three are preventable. Learn how you can support pregnant people in your life to reduce factors that contribute to this maternal health crisis by clicking the link in this episode's summary. And get other expert health information on Novant Health Healthy Headlines. Find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. I'm Gina DiPietro, and we hope to see you back here real soon.